Hello and welcome to the first ever edition of Tune Back. With you as always, your host Jane, Miggy and Phil. Each week we're going to be discussing an album that's influenced our own personal tastes and changed the way we think about the world around us. This week we're going to be discussing three albums from the Marcus King Band, The Darkness and Brenta Cobb. We might go off on a bit of a mad tangent here, but if we get lost along the way, just like bear with us, we'll get there in the end. We'll start off with the Marcus King Band. This is one, uh, I don't know about you, Jay, but Phil introduced me to the Marcus King Band. And since then, I've, the Marcus King Band have been everywhere. They've just they've yeah. got their fingers in a lot of pies. You see guys like Jason Momoa always sporting a little cap. Even Phil bumped into him at some point. Yeah, he's one of our good mates, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Our good mate, Marcus King. Yeah. <laughs> our good mate, Marcus King. <laughs> I, uh, I'll be honest, he was my surprise finder of last year. He was my most listened to artist on Spotify last year. Which I was nice. surprised mm. by, but uh, I think it was uh, someone like Andy Wood had posted on, on Facebook the best guitar tone he's heard in ten years or something, and it was mm. all room. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll have a listen. And um, when I turned it on, it was I think the first track I'd listened to was Carolina Confessions because it was it'd only been out a year or so at the time. I, I mean, obviously he's got a new album out now. El Dorado came out this year, but that Carolina Confessions record that's just phenomenal. I was, I was floored by that from the moment I heard it, and that's probably my favourite album of. I'd say the last 10 years. Okay. It's a big statement, though. Do you, do you ever find, so I know it's something that Spotify have started doing recently, but when it comes to the end of the year and they say, okay, the, the person you've listened to the most this year is this person, and it's not usually someone that you'd think it would be. Like, I don't think I've listened to a whole lot of John Mayer this year, and John Mayer was my most listened to artist, which is surprising. Because he's usually the guy, you know, I have a breakup or something and I go straight to John Mayer. Sit in the bath with some bubbles, John Mayer on, maybe a candle. <laughs> and that hasn't happened this year, not once. You know what I mean? I've been logged into your Spotify listening to John Mayer every See, time you yeah. go out. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Just in your house. Yeah. Wearing your clothes. Other people, yeah, I was going to say, other people just come in and sniff me underwear, but. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I think Spotify does come out with some good suggestions though. I, I think you're right though, it does come out with some curveballs. Like I never expected like the Max King band to be my number one choice this year because I'd listen mm. to loads of stuff. But you know, it makes sense. I suppose it's probably the I wouldn't say it's the most listened to, I'd probably say it's the most recent listened to. And so I'd kind of in recent memory, probably since about July, had it on constantly until that end of the year thing came up for twenty nineteen. Mm. But yeah, I think um as far as favourite albums go, that's that's definitely my favourite album of yeah the last the last ten years. Easy, I just think there's something about his voice. The uh, thing, his guitar playing, yeah. The thing that surprised me, I think you actually said this to me at one point, is you sent the link to me and said listen to it, and, and I didn't end up listening to it. And then I think a couple of weeks later, you sent the same thing, saying, "Oh, you need to get on this guy." And I said, "Oh, to be honest, Phil, you know, I've, I've heard soul singers before. Like, just sounds like it's some generic soul singer." And you were like, "Yeah, yeah, but." give him a listen and then just go and look at a picture of him and he was <laughs> he just wasn't what I expected yeah I yeah. think he'd done the same thing with me to be honest mate. Mm. well he, he just sounds like he's you know lived a hard life he's had a hard paper round or bill yeah yeah when you look at him and he's only 23 and he's just old and to be mm. honest it was interesting when we went to see him the other week you know I'll, I'll tell the story anyway but oh you've got to tell the story Phil yeah spin the yarn <laughs> <laughs> it's been the yarn, yeah. 
No, but uh, <laughs> so we decided we decided to go and see him uh, when when he announced the tour, um, and I was, I was just waiting for waiting for payday to buy the tickets. Mm. The, the gig was in February and living uh, living hands and mouth as we do. Yeah, living hands and mouth because because of, of Brexit. Yeah. As, does no one else live foot to mouth? <laughs> no, that's, it's all about coronavirus now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fun mouth though, two thousand and whenever. Yeah, so early noughties. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we went to went up to Manchester and I'd phoned up the venue before and just to make sure there were tickets because we couldn't buy them on the uh, we couldn't buy them on the website. And like, yeah, there's still tickets available. So by the time that we actually got to the venue, drove to Manchester, turned up, parked the car, got to the front desk, and the security guard went, "Ah, oh, mate, it's sold out." We were like, "Are oh, you messing out here?" So I turned around to everyone went. All right, well, this one, this one's on me. This is my bad. I'll buy dinner, and then we'll drive home. So we decided we go, we go and get something to eat and walk back. We were on the way back to the car, and then as we were walking back to the car, there was Mark King with the band and his tour manager. I was like, no way. So I went up to him. And was like, oh, no, Marcus. I am, you know, I just want to say I'm, a, you know, a massive fan of your playing, and you know, I love your music. He came up from Liverpool to see you, and your gig sold out. And he turned around to his tour manager and went, ah. Oh, We've got a couple of slots left, haven't we? And so much was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you, you know, what you need? I was like, oh, great. So you just put us on the guest list there and then, and we were like, no way, we've got guest lists from that. They shook our hand and like off we went. You know, this is before elbow bumps, before coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we walked back up to the uh, the front door, and the security guards kind of looking at us like, what are you doing? And we were like, we've just bumped into somebody's guest list, doesn't he? Went, oh no, mate, you fell on your feet there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Too right, and uh, oh yeah, what a gig though! It was, it was like phenomenal. Mm. I, I would say it's probably one of the best, you know, rock and roll blues gigs that I've ever been to. Mm. I've never heard a guitar playing like it. He's unbelievable. But yeah, that, I think that sold it for me. If that yeah. record wasn't enough, the gig was outstanding. One thing that let it down for me though, Phil, is he never bought his dinner in the end. But <laughs> 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 we got to see the gig, so <laughs> <laughs> never bought your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only laying. Old now for a hot dog and a shandy. <laughs> a hot dog and a handy. <laughs> <laughs> a hot dog and handy. Do you know what though, Phil? Like, and I know, um, like I said, I've seen some of your Instagram stories from from that night, and I was thinking, oh, I should have went with you when when you said, like, do you want to come? I, I should have went, but then I was thinking, nah. If I'd have gone, they probably wouldn't have got it. It has probably been the. Do you remember the Joe Satriani Paul Gilbert gig a couple of years ago? Oh, the one where it got moved. But oh, sick for the wrong week. Yeah, um, and we got there and they were like, yeah, it was last week. Yeah. Yeah. Devastated. Yeah, the venue change, but this mm. was back in the day. What was it, like 2006 or something like yeah. that? Back in the days when you didn't get email notifications because I'd gone and physically bought the tickets <laughs> from Ticketmaster. Yeah. We turned up and the pigeon detectives were on and I was mm. just like, you are. <laughs> <laughs> in the days of uh, GPRS. Yeah, GPRS and MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> no way of knowing what your band was up to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad one. But yeah, that, that Marcus King gig was, was phenomenal. But it was just, it was good because obviously he was supporting his new album, The Eldorado. Mm. And I think that's more under his own name because this uh, Carolina Confessions is under the Marcus King band, but Eldorado is under just Marcus King. And I don't know whether he's trying to do it as like a solo thing, but it was the same band, the same band playing yeah. tunes. Yeah. So when they were playing stuff like Homesick and Confessions and, and you know, the title track, you know, Goodbye by Carolina and stuff like that it, mm. it was phenomenal mm. well I mean we've we've had this discussion before haven't we if um, if someone goes out and calls themselves you know the Marcus King band it's rare that someone's going to go you know other than you Phil 
It's rare, this, it's rare that someone's going to go, oh, that guitarist, he wasn't on the first album. Why have they, why have they changed the drummer? And you, mm. do you get that thing where they think Marcus King is the, you know, is the main guy? You can't, you can't really get around that. Yeah. If Marcus King's not there and you go and see his backing bands, it's not going to be the Marcus King band, even though it is the Marcus King band. To be fair, when we seen them, Phil, the band were just as essential as he were, weren't they? Like, yeah, but mm-hmm. look at all the videos. I think it's the same. He always uses the same guys. And yeah, he yeah. They were phenomenal. And they had, mm-hmm. you know that synergy thing where you know you, you can see when they're looking at each other and you've got that little bit of telepathy where they played together for that long where they yeah. kind of know what's happening. You can sense what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, he did feel like there was moments of like not danger, but like you know when they're like improvising and they're just like yeah, on the edge and it, it felt like yeah, mm-hmm. this is. He's on a knife edge and could go anywhere here. It, you know, you know it's never going to fall to bits and be a shambles because they're obviously that good that they could, you know, they could take it in any direction they wanted. But it had that little element of like we, we could be in unknown waters here. Like what's happening? But yeah. I thought that was like that was that was the best part of it for me and seeing like all the extended solos and his guitar tone was incredible. I didn't mm. really get a chance to see what was going because we were quite far back, but I didn't really get a chance to see what he was using. I think he was like using an orange or a Fender or something like that or a mm. combination of both. They just sound great. I think he, I think he had the the orange and the fender. I think didn't he? Yeah, I think he had like definitely had a blend or something. I don't know what else yeah. was going on there because I've seen other videos of him. He's stuff in there as well, but yeah, he, he just sounded great. But like, he, like they all sounded great. It was, you know, it wasn't just him. It was like the whole thing, and his voice was incredible. And to think that he'd done that, you know. I don't know how long the US tour they've done prior to that and then they've gone out and done a full European tour but to be able to do that deliver that night after night something pretty special and it takes yeah. a lot for the, a singer at that level to do that consistently to play like that and sing at the same time like oh, it's yeah. he does it at the same time like you might listen to the album and think hey, you know this playing's unreal but obviously it's track like that and then you go and see him live and you're like oh no wait he's playing that heavy heavy section that heavy dense technical like blues section mm. while he's singing I, I used to insane. I used to think the exact same thing about George Formby because you'd see him on videos and you'd think bloody hell he can't half play that uh, that ukulele like that banjo yeah and then you'd see him live and you'd think bloody hell he's shite <laughs> <laughs> boss of washing windows oh he is yeah <laughs> <laughs> the George Formby girl <laughs> oh love that <laughs> but no I, yeah I know what you mean about like um, the touring side of it. It's um, not personally, obviously, but yourself, Phil. I've got other friends who tour, and to do something like that every single night, and to be home for maybe three weeks just to have a rest for those three weeks, and then okay, you're going out on the next leg. You know, you're off to Europe. You're touring yeah. just non-stop. It's, uh, the schedule looks ruthless. I mean, I, I looked at the, the the list of dates, and I think there was only like one or two dates between some of them, and you think like. That much vocal chords. I mean, even the, the most well trained singer mm. kind of be, you know, would struggle with delivering at like the top of the range. Because I mean, there's some of them notes were like, you know, he's not ducking out of anything on the record. Mm. He, he's going, he's going all the way up there. You see someone like Miles Kennedy in Alterbridge, and you think, fucking hell, you know. Oh yeah, so Jesus. You go and watch him, and you think the range that he's got. And then he won't hit certain notes and you'll think, oh, he hit that note on it. And then you think, well, to go and do something like that, night in, night out, yeah. mm-hmm. you just, you're not going to be able to do it. So do you make the sacrifice on the album and say, well, actually, no, I'm not going to do that because when I go live, when I'm touring, I'm not going to be able to do that every night. Or do you sacrifice the live stuff for posterity? Yeah. You want the album mm-hmm. to be remembered as, you know, look, look at the stuff Led Zeppelin did. 
you know, you, you look at Robert Plant and go, fucking hell, he had a great voice. And then you see them live now and you go, oh, you know, times took its toll. And Yeah, well, he, he openly admitted Robert Plant, didn't he? If he knew that he was going to be singing these songs for the rest of his life, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have for it the way he did. Because, yeah. you know, songs that you sang in your early 20s when your mm-hmm. voice is obviously much higher in your range is yeah, yeah. much wider. You know, you've got a, a, fair, a bigger range than you have now because obviously mm-hmm. your range is a, a, the older you get. So. Yeah. No, if he if he'd have known that then he'd probably have he probably would have like, talked out of the <laughs> really. He knew he was gonna be singing the immigrant song in his seventies and to his dead does it well, it's just obviously it's different now, yeah. isn't it? Because he's just laying out just, his that. Just bring it down, don't you? Just a little bit less effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well you're you're the one who told him. Well, exactly. Go we go way back, me and uh, Robert Plant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I call him the old fighters tree. <laughs> He was, just, he was just a just a cutting when you met him. Yeah, yeah. Just a shrub. <laughs> just a young shrub of a man. Yeah. Now he's a full house plant. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so in terms of the actual album, Phil, um, what really like sticks out for us? Favorite Catalan favorite track, album? Phil. Come on. Yeah. If I'm if I'm pushed to pick a, a favorite of it, I would say Confessions. Okay. I think that's probably the standout for me. Vocal performance and just sonically the band sound like they're on it. It was recorded live. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Oh, was it? I, I don't know if it was. It sounds very live, though. Mm, just teasing us there. So that's, that's a big statement to make, that, Phil. You know, you sounded like you knew, like he told you that night when you met him. <laughs> hey, do you know the, uh, don't tell anyone, but do you know that song, Confessions, on the album? That was live, that. Do you, do you remember Confessions by Usher? It was a good one. He's a man confession. He recorded that live as well. Did you? Yeah. I sorted that one out for him, to be honest with you. Phil, you're going to become known as this dude who just knows, oh yeah, was that live or not? I'll bring Phil. Was that live, Phil? Yeah, yeah, that was live, that Uh one. One second. Yeah. Yeah, that was live. I just lick my finger and stick it in the air like I'm looking for the rest (laughs) of the wind. At least she's sticking it in the air, not not somewhere else. Well, will he? All right. <laughs> All right. So, confessions off the Carolina Confessions album. Yeah, that's my recommendation for anyone. Okay, awesome. So, anyone who's nice. interested, take a listen. That is a is a good album. What did you, What did you think about the album, Biggie? Do you know what I, I I put it on first time I listened to it and thought, yeah, you know, the same as any other soul singer out there. And then the, the more I listened to it, it grew on me. Yeah, I always give it the, the three listen rule. You listen to something okay. the first time, you don't like it. Just, you know, come back to it the next day or the week later or whatever. On the third listen, you know whether you like it or not. If it's if it's still got that initial, no, this really doesn't sit right with me. It's, I can't appreciate the, the way you've put it together, the style of it. I can't, you know, it's, it's rare that that happens. Yeah. But um, no, this, this sort of on the second listen, I don't think I had Carolina Confessions off for about four or five weeks. Um, yeah. It's usually shower music. You know, you throw your little Bluetooth speaker on, jump in the shower, yeah. and then you just wash these luscious locks. <laughs> you have to get all nice and soapy. Luscious chin locks. Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, Goodbye Carolina is probably my favourite on the album, personally. I, I, um, I think it's... That, it's good the way it's there's there's songs on that album that are just as soon as you, as soon as you click play, they're just there sort of immediately. Yeah. There's just it just hits you all of a sudden, and then there's others like Confessions and like Goodbye Carolina that they just sort of sit there and just like when you leave a tea bag in a cup of tea, 
just let yeah. it let it sit, let it infuse for a couple of minutes. Yeah, sorry, that was a, that was a better way. Yeah, let it let it cook, <laughs> and then it just slowly gets there. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye, Carolina. At that that point where it, when he comes into his guitar solo and the key change comes in mm. and it goes major, that to me is like just a, an excellent bit of songwriting. Mm. Just, oh, it's brilliant! The craft of it. It's just yeah. phenomenal the way it just switches and you get this after after being in like quite a you know a ballady serious mm. like deep song about walking away from like the love of his life mm. and then he's you have this uplifting moment when he comes up with the, you know the guitar solo and you're in major and it, I, I just find that the, the way that's written and orchestrated just yeah it's phenomenal mm. that's just that's, nice. that's another high point of that album for me a well put together album a very well put together album mm. like cool. yourself <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on to the next album, which, uh, James, this is your yeah. pick. Tell so us, picked, tell us uh, about yours. So I picked um, The Darkness's latest album, which is called Easter is Cancelled. Um, it's not been out too long, to be honest with you. Um, it came out in October 2019, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the one. So obviously we said we're going to pick stuff that's going to, like, influences our lives and our choices and our musical tastes and stuff but since October I've not had this album off to be honest with you Um, and it just made me appreciate that kind of hard rock big riff style of playing and stuff like that but just the album itself I love everything about it to be honest with you the music the lyrics um, the band themselves the way they don't take themselves too seriously or anything like that Um, even though they are obviously a serious band Mm -hmm. But one thing I probably love about this album is the actual, you know, the actual artwork of the album. Yeah. I don't know if you've had the chance to look at it, but yeah, basically... Yeah. Um, Mus- yeah. Muscular Jesus on the cross there. Muscular Jesus yeah. ripping himself off the, uh, yeah. the crucifix. Thinking, but, um, I'm going to look great <laughs> on a chain someday. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I looked into it, like, to be honest with you, and there's a little bit of a story behind that. So when they released the album, mm-hmm. uh, obviously it's Buff Justin. Uh, to okay. as Jesus um, but he got a load of backlash off like the you, you religious types oh, um, nice. about um, the way he's depicted himself as Jesus on the cross and stuff like that false idols <laughs> yeah yes kind of, that kind of thing but I watched this little interview with him and um, he, he basically just says like yeah we never obviously we weren't trying to kind of glamorise Jesus on the cross and make it sexy or anything like that he was just trying to interfere with this kind of religious biblical iconography Mm. <laughs> he turns around and he goes um, yeah so I play Jesus I mean yeah that's controversial but then again so did Willem Dafoe and he's played Jesus and no one gives him a hard time mm. I think it's, <laughs> I, I think it's how they play Jesus though isn't it yeah well, that's I it. think it's you know if, if they show him you know going around curing lepers it's like oh you know that's fantastic but if yeah. he's selling like you know a dodgy opal or something like a, a little <laughs> Ford Mercury or you know, dodgy apple fruits. Well, yeah, just you know, selling bad used cars to people, and you know, some someone somewhere is going to have a problem with it. Oh yeah, 100%. you know, the people at high on that will be furious. That Talladega Nights is it where he, um, he, he likes to think of his uh, they all call him the sweet baby Jesus. Oh yeah, they call him the sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> he was a man. He had a beard. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like. But yeah, I, I love the way that the. Um, all of their albums, they've got like a, a little bit of a loose theme to them, but yeah, I just love the way he, any any backlash like that he'll take on the chin completely and be like, "Yeah, go on, I'll run with this." You know, I'll yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll hit back. Yeah, 
Well, that's the best thing about it. He then goes on to say, um, he goes, all right, yeah, I'm buff. I can't help that. Uh, that's just me physique. It's natural, apart from the protein and the exercise. <laughs> <laughs> just that little bit of tongue-in-cheek humour. Yeah, I think I think you've got to though. Like if you if you take it too seriously, I mean, the, yeah. the, the Beatles said they were bigger than Jesus, didn't they? And you know they got backlash for it. Yeah, and then had to sort of do a backstep and go, oh, well, what we actually meant was, <laughs> it's just like Phil's Uncle Paul to do that, don't? Yeah, yeah. Like my Uncle Paul. Mm. Like, yeah. I was your Paul. He's, he's all right. Our Paul and He seems, yeah. seems to be living a life, you know, just eating vegetarian sausage rolls. And is he still doing the those. music thing or? Yeah, you know, plucks the bass every now and then. He's he's probably in the house at the moment. It's quiet times, isn't he? You know, yeah, yeah. Trim, trimming the privates yeah, and all yeah. that. I seen him, uh, was it last year, I think, down Menlove Avenue with some fat fella. <laughs> he's putting his wall. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, Strawberry Fields goes down there with a, just a bucket of cement and repunch the wall every now and then. Yeah. You know, does his bit for the community. Yeah, yeah, he's got to. Yeah, he's a good lad. You know, some lepers. Yeah. Everyone, you know, he said he was bigger than Jesus. What he didn't what he didn't actually say was that he is actually Jesus. Maybe he was just taller than him. Yeah, he could have yeah. been, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he just had a built up shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got a little bit off subject. Go on, Jake. Um give us give us some more on this album anyway. What what made so, you yeah. choose this album? Easter is cancelled so what made me choose it is just like straight away from the opening track it just kind of hit me in the face I was in the car I had it like cranked up as high as I could and it just kind of punched me head in which oh, I really enjoyed nearly crashed and everything I was going to say dangerous while you're driving that oh yeah terrifying but it was enjoyable at the same time okay. it's just like that it's like a nice mix of kind of like your big ballady songs on the on mm. the actual album you get your big kind of hard rock songs on mm. there um, and then you get your little breakup stuff like there's songs uh, there's one called Death Chair about five songs in I think it is mm-hmm. so you've got all these big songs like I think in total the album's got like 14 songs or something so it's a decent little listen um, but you've got these kind of the big songs there like you've got Rock and Roll Deserves to Die uh, How Can I Lose Your Love then you've got one called Live Till I Die which that title just is brilliant anyway Live Till I Die but mm. Course, that's what we're all going to do. Yeah, it's better than all these other sayings like YOLO and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but basically, that one's just about him growing up, literally from when he was born to like where he is now. Does he? So, like, does, does he say? Sorry, sorry to jump in. Does he say? No, does he say he's wearing nappies through tight jeans? <laughs> I think he does. Yeah. yeah. I caught, I caught that little bit I just thought okay it's different <laughs> I think one of my favourite lines from that one is um, he's talking about like when he was 14 discovering mm. like the joys of Brockwear he also made a point of wearing unfeasibly tight jeans and mm. endeavoured just to grow my hair that's the line <laughs> <right>? yeah <laughs> it sounds like I wear nappies under tight jeans ah yeah unfeasibly yeah tight jeans yeah like that that song is just uh, great it's you know kind of talks about like overcoming like a bit of bullying in school mm. and then being on top of the world it's kind of like a little message to like the little rock kids out there like I think that's something that, shit. I mean did, did you go to a, a boys and girls school Jay or did you go to an all boys school uh, yeah mixed school yeah okay and it's ironic that me and Phil went to an all boys school yeah so and look the way we turned out no. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I, multiple podcasts over the last <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I, I, I think that is that is something that we we can all relate to. You know, we all wanted to grow our hair and we all wanted to just... Rock and roll. Yeah, we, we sort of... Oh, yeah. Everyone that we were going to school with was, oh, we'll be we wear trackies and we'll all listen to rap music and we'll do this. And, and we... <laughs> 
you know, we did something different in other places. It's probably the other way around. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I was the the trackies with the skinhead kid. Oh yeah. Well, up until six form, and yeah. then I was like, right, grow me, I'm learning guitar. I'm listening to some Oasis. I, I think I got my guitar when I was fifteen, but up until that point, I think it was all Jar Rule, a little bit of Lincoln Park, maybe occasionally. Dipping your toe into yeah, the but again, it was like you know. I didn't want to tell anyone that I listened to Ozzy Osbourne or anything because it was like I'm not a goth. <laughs> so you know, you're a goth and ridiculed for that, that was it. If you got labelled a goth, that was it. You were just you oh, were just yeah. dead. You were just finished. It was just like having a target painted on your head. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Oh, when, yeah. Do you remember when the first uh, Darkness album came out though? 2003, Permission to Land. I remember yeah. buying it not long after it came out. I still out. got that. Uh, that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of the most lyrically tongue in cheek. Oh yeah, brilliantly playful albums. Anyone who can manage to fit the words extracurricular activities into a song mm. is phenomenal. And that, that to me is <laughs> forever. I think up until that point, music was dead serious. And it's like, rock and roll is a serious thing. And <laughs> yeah. taken seriously. And ACDC and Guns and Roses. And I don't think there'd been anything like, you know, other than like obviously Oasis, like in the 90s. But I think there'd been a bit of a void of like rock bands up until then. And then they came out, you know, with a get your hands off my woman. And all yeah. That. yeah. I think that was like... That was just phenomenal, and it, it was like growing on me. To be dead serious, that that one's um, oh, the old Jenny Watts, isn't it? It is, yeah. That's that's yeah. the one, yeah. Oh yeah, the love song. Song with a split meaning. This guy did a love song, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Justin Hawke. I remember he was in an interview, and I think someone was saying basically, how did you get discovered? And he said, oh, I was in a pub, and I was doing. I think he was either doing karaoke or he was in a pub band, and he was doing a Queen song, and whoever it okay. was that discovered him listened to him do that. I went, oh bloody hell, you know, you sound great. Why why are you doing this? And he went, just a bit of a laugh, innit? <laughs> And he went, oh yeah, well, why don't you come and do it professionally? And then obviously his, his brother Dan was a little bit more of an accomplished guitarist and the rest is history, as they say. His range is like, unbelievable, like, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, it's a lot of falsetto, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, But to, to carry that off, it's unbelievable. Do you know we yeah. have to write jingles? No. Do you remember, yeah, do you remember, remember when Ikea used to have jingles? Schlomping. Do you remember that from years ago? Yeah. He wrote that. That's what he did for a living for a while. He wrote jingles. Oh, if, you go, if you go on YouTube now and search for IKEA schlomping, it's still there. So he didn't. Schlumping. He didn't sing the jingle. He just wrote the jingle. He, he wrote it and sang it. Yeah, I think he, he had to just like write and record them and send them off. And think it was like radio jingles. And, <laughs> I don't know whether that was his most famous one. Like, That's <laughs> mad. Boss. Nice. Mad. Maybe we can get a sample. Ask his permission to sample it. And play well, it. That one might be copyright free. <laughs> <laughs> Ask his permission to land. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'll leave now. <laughs> so, favourite song, Jay? So, my favourite song, um, amongst them all, like mm. the big heavy hitters and stuff like that, is one called Laylo. Okay. Um, it's basically, it's a little break from, again, like, kind of like what I was saying about Deck Chair. It's just mm. kind of like a little slow kind of acoustic kind of thing. But um, it's called Lalo. It's basically about this speakeasy place where um, the rich and famous can go and hang out without okay. kind of worrying. Mm. But it's just, it's so catchy. And like, lyrically, it's just, it's just like dead mad. Yeah. Like the way he kind of gets like words to kind of rhyme with each other that either mm. normally wouldn't or he'll say a word like quite differently. Like there's at one point where he goes, leave me alone Mm. And then he pretends to be on the phony. <laughs> and I was just like, that's just boss. And it's, 
But it's just one of those, like, I've literally, I've, like, spent probably, like, four to five minutes on one journey on the motorway mm. with this song on repeat, just, like, screaming at the top of my voice. <laughs> it just probably blew my mind when I listened to it. And do you think, do you think this is an actual place? I hope so. Because like... Cara Delevingne and Rita Ora are there. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll go and say hello, if my lad you need to know the password, don't you? It's probably password protected, yeah. Yeah, could be Lalo. Could be Lalo. Exactly. Could be that obvious. Yeah. Got to listen to the clues in the song. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the, the, the album all around is just kind of like, if you're into your rock and stuff, you'll really enjoy it. Because obviously, it's just boss. And it's... it's... Um, if, I think if you're into rock, you'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you might find the humour and stuff in the lyrics. Um, but it's one of those, it's each and everyone has our own tastes and stuff like that. But this one for me is up there as one of my favourite albums. Okay. And what's what's the reasoning for that? Is it just because it's such a hard-hitting rock album? I think I just, it took me by surprise. Like I knew it was going to be good. Mm. But it was like... 10 times better than what I thought it was going to be. Just every song gets on with me. I, I, I personally wouldn't say there's a bad song on the album. Okay. Um, obviously, others would disagree, but that's yeah, yeah. your opinion. I'll have my own onion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like every single song just like it's on for me. The sing-along songs, the kind of rock-along songs, some of the riffs are absolutely phenomenal. Like there's one in Easter is cancelled. Mm. It's kind of like a little one that's like it's just proper like oh Yeah. You know what I mean? Is this I want I want that as my ringtone. What me singing the riff or both one one followed shortly by the other. So is is this the album that you put on? Say you so you getting pardon the pun Friday night. Any darkness fans will have got that from the uh, the first album. Oh, do you mean if I'm trying to make a bit of magic? Exactly. I'm gonna be honest. I struggle with magic. Okay. So if, <laughs> if, if you're getting ready for a night out, would you put this album on? Get it in the mood. Get it all flowing. It, it'd be. It's it's definitely a pick me up album. Mm. Like if, if I'm going out on the aisle, I'll, I'll I'd put this on first. Mm. I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna have a, have a good night here. Yeah, good night here, the boys. Those days are long gone, mate. They are. Remember that? Mm. What a distant memory now, isn't it? Distant memory. Mm. Hopefully, soon to be back up and running, but who knows? Yeah, I don't even I don't even remember what it's like to go outside. To be honest, <laughs> with you, I, this lockdown really hasn't affected me because my life is basically just go to work, come home, and sit in my studio for hours anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, um, it's a funny titled album considering the current circumstances. Easter is cancelled. Topical, yeah. Yeah, we were saying this the other day, weren't we? About, yeah. So, so what, it was a, just before Christmas we said we were going to put all this together yeah. and that was the album you you settled on just before yeah. Christmas and then this and happened. Easter's cancelled. I, I, th- I think you're the one behind 5G in Liverpool, Jay. I am. <laughs> I'll let you know it's actually pronounced 5G. Oh, right, sorry. But no one's stuck it on yet. No. I'm fuming. Okay, so it's 5G. Fiv- <laughs> no, just 5 normal. Oh, five f- normal, normal 5, but then G. Normal 5 and lowercase G. Okay. You're lowercase G. 
So okay. It's not. It's not a strong G. It's just no. like a weak G. Yeah. A, a lowercase G before you become like a proper gangster. You just yeah. Yeah. G. <laughs> You graduate to be in a G. Yeah. A large the closer G. You get, the closer you get to the mast, that's when it becomes a uppercase G. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's me done on that album. Awesome. That's a, that's a solid choice. I'm a fan. Yeah. Good stuff. So, so if you're interested, give what it your listen. thoughts? Do you know what? I've, or are we going to discuss that later on the rate? I've, I've always been very split on the darkness. I've always thought they're a, they're a fantastic band to, to do what they do. No one else can do it. No one does it like they do it. Yeah. So regardless of whether you like them or not, you've really got to take your hat off to them. Even if you're not wearing a hat, put a hat on and then take it off. Yeah. Or even if you're wearing a hair island, take that off. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a merkin on your head. <laughs> I think I've got to be in the mood to listen to them. Yeah. I, I, I would say, yeah, I, I'd like them, but they'd be right slap bang in the middle of what I'd choose. I'd probably choose other things before I'd put one of their albums on, but that's not saying that I wouldn't put one of their albums on. Fair, fair. So, a proper politician's answer for you there. I'm not saying <laughs> yeah, but I'm not saying no. That's a hard maybe. Yeah, but that's a fantastic question, Jane. I'm glad that you've asked that question. So, yeah, moving on to you. <laughs> yeah great question I'm glad you asked it yeah giving you the old Tulsa two-step I'm really glad you really glad you asked it when I'm really thinking fuck why did you ask that question yeah yeah it's got Jeremy Paxman on your ass so did you enjoy the album did you enjoy the album give us a yes did or no enjoy the album I'm sorry Jeremy not again oh. come around my house and do it I'm like, but he's not having it. That's why they closed all the uh, HMVs and that, isn't it? Because they employed Jay to stand at the door. And when you got from the till to the door, Jay was asking them already, Did you enjoy the album? Did you enjoy the album? Did you enjoy the album? There's only made my way to that as well. Oh, I, I kept I kept dressing up as a ghost, but I, that's just only because I'd misunderstand his name. And I thought he said that he was Jeremy Pacman, and my understanding of <laughs> That kind of like, you know, that was kind of my work around, but you know, it wasn't feasible in the no. real world. And then I found out that ghosts aren't real. And if, even if they were, they wouldn't wear white sheets. So mm. I best behave myself and give me more sheets back. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be fuming when she finds that you cut three holes in it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, could they? Well, yeah, true. Give me pee holes. <laughs> other people could see me. And that's why I kept getting thrown out of the changing rooms. This one's men's ones. What was it? Two for your pee holes and then one for your pee hole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to mess myself, did I? Exactly. Good shot. What about you, Phil? What do you reckon of the album? I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, Thanks for I that. I'd seen <laughs> Yeah, sounds, yeah. That's all we need to know. Moving on. Have you seen the video for Rock and Roll Deserves to Die? No. Is that the one where the waiters? <laughs> no, no, no. It's the one where they're on stage. I, I'm going to give you a minute to go on YouTube this now and re- reconvene this after you YouTube this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the way his kex come off. Mind you that as well. <laughs> Explosive kex. So, yeah. Okay. Back to, uh, back to that one. Did we get Phil's thoughts on it? <laughs> Did you just cut them off? I you just said it was sound, so... Good. Yeah. Yeah? I think, I think you mentioned the bit before that anyway, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So over to you then, Mix, whenever you're ready to chop and change it. Um, so, yeah, I chose the album Providence Canyon by Brent Cobb. I went to see Colter Wall playing in Birmingham. He was supporting a guy called Brent Cobb. 
It was mm. in, in some weird pub that UB40 apparently played in a lot. It's called the Hare and Hounds, I think. Okay. Got there, saw Coulter and everyone and said hello and, you know, did our little bit. And then Brent Cobb came on and was like, you know, first time over here and everything. Thanks for coming out. And then he started playing. I thought, yeah, you know, this this guy is quite good. And then he did a cover of um, Leonard Skinner's Swamp Music. Okay. And the first thing I thought was, that's a really weird cover. Normally you'd, you'd do like one of like, give me three steps or something or so, something that people are going to know. Like I know a little, but to do, mm. to do swamp music and the way he done it as well, it was just out of this world. And then, so his, his cousin is uh, Dave Cobb. His other cousin is Corn on there, Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> but his cousin is um, Dave Cobb. Go on, Mickey. Uh, go on. I'd have, got, I'd have got a Cobb on with you if you didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his his cousin's Dave Cobb, the um the producer. He's done a lot of like Chris Stapleton's albums and anyone who's anyone in Nashville knows who Dave Cobb is. And this album, when it came out, again, like like we said before with um, Carolina Confessions, I don't think I had this album off for about six months. Yeah. It came out in twenty eighteen. It's just a really, really good album. I think there's probably probably one song I could say that stands out from the others and that's uh, if I don't see you. Just because it's a bit more upbeat, yeah. Um, but you know, it's just your classic country boy singing about what he knows. His first album, mm. again, he's he's just singing about what he knows. That if I don't see it, to be honest, that was one of the ones I picked out when I mm. listened to it. I like the pace of it, and I like the way it slows down at the end as well. Yeah, just like um, kind of takes off because the rest of the album is quite quite relaxing. I think mm. it's like quite slow and like nice and stuff like that. Yeah, and that one just kind of like was like ooh, hello. But his, his songs are just, it's just singing out what he knows. You know, like um, 30 Up 6 is about, you know, someone's been talking behind his back saying his missus is cheating on him. And yeah, I like that one, to be fair. He's basically just saying, like, look, you know, I go out and do what I do because she wants to just stay at home and do what she does. That's fine. But we've got an understanding. If you're saying something's happening, then it's something that you've said and not something that's happened. And he's going to shoot you for saying it. So. Yeah. That's probably one of the funky ones of the album, say. Yeah, yeah. Funky double stop guitar stuff going on. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Just to let Brent Cobb know, um, I won't be going around to his while he's on top. Because <laughs> I know he's got 30.6. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I like the way that it starts because it's like all the lap steel stuff, but um, I, I don't know, I'm torn between, you know, obviously if I don't see you, it's brilliant. Mm. Alabama. Uh, I the first listen I didn't really I didn't really get onto that one and then the more I've listened to it and it's got that like proper classic country slow phaser on the guitar thing the king of Alabama yeah 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 and it's just it, I don't know it's just something about it it's just got that proper like swagger to it and I, I was like yeah I'm, I'm into this mm. I, I'm sold on this album I, I'd definitely go and see him if he toured again yeah I look back on it now and I think do you know what I'm absolutely gutted because at the end of the show he was like he was surrounded by people and like I I was just sat there doing my thing and Colter came over and was talking to me and I was like, oh, I should really go over and like say hello to Brent, but like, I don't I don't know him. I'm sort of sat with Colter and talking to him, so it's kind of rude to get up and go, well, oh, I'm just going to go and say hello to this guy who I've never met. And then he, was, he wasn't there for much longer. He got whisked away. Yeah. So it's then... not like he died or something. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up I and he was gone. Away, quietly and asleep. Yeah. At point of recording, we can confirm he is still alive. Yeah, he is. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> we don't get COVID-19. Yeah. Or even COVID-18, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. 
or any any variation thereof, we're happy to have you. Mm. You can get small packs though, that's a lot. Don't But yeah, I, I track seven, if I don't see you, probably the best song on the album. Everything on there has got its own charm, but for me, mm-hmm. yeah. I'd, I'd say, you know, one of the ones that like uh, that got it for me was Come Home Soon as well. Yeah, I, I like that one, yeah. the one about um, addiction and mm-hmm. not knowing where he stands in the world and stuff like that. Yeah. How like old is he? He's in his 30s, sort of mid-30s. I, I mean, I was a lot older. I don't know. I, I think he's just got a lot of life experience. I think he's just like an old soul. He's got some city miles on him. Mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's about 32, 33. He was born in 86. Okay, two years old, so he's 34. Yeah, 34, yeah. yeah. Cool. I wouldn't have expected that. It, like, when you listen to him talk, like, or listen to him sing, he gets his point across, across quite eloquently. You know, it's it doesn't sound like if I try to write lyrics, mm. he'd be shite. And I'm, you know, I'm 31, and it's not, it's not because I haven't got any life experience. It's just I just don't know how to put stuff across. Whereas you, you feel like with him, he, he really knows how to get, get his points across, and mm. he's quite. I don't know. I just find his lyrics quite clever. I just think that the record's produced excellently as well. There's certain things to it. If, if you listen to it, you can't listen to it with like one headphone on or anything like that. I, I tend to listen to music with one headphone on a lot. I'm working. You know, so I can talk to people around me, or you know, because of the like, yeah, because of the way it's mixed, you need both headphones in. Yeah, it's oh, it's mixed a lot in stereo, and I, I like that approach to it because a lot of records now don't obviously they're mixed in stereo, but the the mix really hi-fi, whereas the production on this is really clean. But mm. you know, there's a lot of like lines in it that are like um, so some of the guitar lines where they'll be playing like a solo and it'll be doubled, but at some point the splits off and it's a harmony. And you get the left and right have got different parts of the harmony in it, and it's interesting to listen to both parts of the harmony mm. because I, I missed that the first time round, and it took a couple of listens on a better set of speakers to hear that and like kind of appreciate it for what it was. But once I heard it, I was like, "All oh, right, this makes a lot more sense." Because I thought it was quite sparse. At first. Yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah, sounds like there's not a lot going instrumentation wise. It's you not know, lap steel, acoustic mm. guitar, and a, you know, nice electric." Drum sound, the bass sound are great, and obviously the vocals are great, but it's like it's sparse. But then when you hear it mixed in stereo, and it is literally hard pan left and right, it's not yeah. like it's, you know, like a fancy 5.1 mix or anything, mm. it's just stereo. Uh, and it makes sense. It's like, all oh, right, I get this. this is just a classic record. Mm. I think I try listening through my headphones. I listen just off my laptop, to be honest with you, with, uh, with this album. I might try and uh, try a repeat of that. Mm. it's worth giving it like you can hear it particularly at the end of Come On Soon you can hear him do that you know the harmony thing with the guitar splits off yeah and it's like some um, you know, double stop bend stuff and there's another one on it as well like, I don't know whether it's um, Morning's Gonna Come or High In The Country yeah but there's some other there's another one where you take the solo you can hear him like split off into stereo and it, it's it's nice to hear like both, both parts of it yeah so, unless you you've just got one headphone in <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't listen to this on one headphone. Give give this the time of day. Mm. Give this both of your ears. Yeah, potentially your soul if he asks for it. I think I, I don't know whether that's just like a a classic Nashville thing though, or maybe just because of his age and you know the way that him and Dave were raised. They've just sort of you know. I mean, you've heard like Chris Stapleton's albums, and they're quite similar. It's like an like an old fashioned way of producing it. I think that's just Dave Cobb's style. Yeah. But that's how you get that sound, though, isn't it? You yeah, yeah. That sound by yeah. Having, you know, a, a style, and and that that's where like he's defined that modern country genre. Mm. There, you know, that that sound. Where it's obviously you've got that clean production, but 
it's still warm as well. You can hear where it's, mm. you know, it's come recorded into a nice desk and you've got great drum sounds and all yeah. the instruments are really clear. And mm. it's, uh, you know, I don't know if it is. Could, a lot of it could be live though. Yeah. You know, it feels like it's got that in the room vibe to it. And there's a lot mm. of room in the sound. That leaves me, you know, is it live senses? And <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Phil, is it live? I'm not allowed to say no. (laughs) But but, um, I I feel like bits of it were recorded live, so maybe even if it was just like the rhythm section, you know, bass and drums or something recorded at the same time. But it's got that real, you know, like inner room feel. Yeah, nice and reverberated. Which which is odd, ironic, I should say. So Chris Stapleton's last two albums, I think, were both called um, From Room A and From Room B, I think. I'll have to double check those. Um, are they are they the more like modern monkeys done post the exposure from Justin Timberlake? Because I think he was massive in the state, wasn't he? And then crossed he, over. And it, and he wasn't. And, he wasn't even massive, mate. He was literally. He was. Um, he was singing with the Steel Drivers. He used to be with like the Johnson Brothers, which was like his own band. And then he was. He was just with the Steel Drivers. He tried to go out on his own. He released an album called Traveller, which just flopped. Like totally flopped. The... Where did I go success before? Uh, no, Justin no, picked no. Because he just exposed him to this wider audience. But I think then everyone expected it to be, mm. you know, the feature. No, you know, like that was that was his thing, and he you know. um, he pretty much flopped. And then I don't know whether it was the label's choice to do it or he just got a decent manager. But someone someone got him in front of Justin Timberlake, and then that's when that came about. And then from there, that's when the rest of the world started paying attention. They were like, oh, there's this song that he does Tennessee Whiskey, you know, and it's a decent song. And I like, so, yeah, it's, it's an old song. It's, you know, it's been around a, a long time. It's a sore subject, Phil. <laughs> Still rocks me to my core to this day. You're upset that he's uh, he's become commercially successful and left his, his country roots behind. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, I don't know whether you know Ian, no. Um, he's another sort of country. It sounds, sounds a lot like Bob Dylan. But I remember just like, bending his ear for a good 45 minutes about this subject and at the end of it he was he was just sort of sat sat there looking at me and I was like oh I'm done I'm really sorry it just gets me so wound up <laughs> and it's not it's not even the it's not even the fact that like I'm you know I'm made up for Chris I'm made up that he's made it I'm just it's the way that they've had to go about it to get him to get people to realise Oh well, this guy's actually decent. You know what I mean? Imagine if ZZ Top were doing the things that they were doing in like the sixties, and everyone was just ignoring them. And then the Beatles came out and said, "Oh, you should give these guys a listen." And that's yeah, what ZZ Top did. They they kind of do that with Eliminator, didn't they? Because they were obviously they had reasonable commercial success, and then mm. Eliminator came out, and it's a whole different sound and slick and produced them. yeah but that was off their own back wasn't it you know what I mean this yeah, did, we're not... it was in response to what, what was going on around them wasn't it Did yeah. everything changing they were like and obviously they got branded sellouts at that time so it's that see what Chris kind of thing of... Chris's sound his music hasn't changed he's even put so he made two albums he had From A Room Volume 1 and From A Room Volume 2 some of the songs that are on there were actually on the previous album Traveller some of the songs that are on there were actually songs that he did with the Steel Drivers, who he, he co-wrote with other people that he's done in the past and have gotten nowhere. So, no worries. yeah, sorry. I'll, um, moving on anyway. 
<laughs> um, so yeah so what do you guys think should I go first Phil or yeah go on I, uh, I enjoyed this album this is uh, this has been a little bit of a find for me so mm. I a solid recommendation now. I think I'll uh, I'm going to uh, continue to listen to this one cool nice short sound back there <laughs> so I, I thought uh, for me it's not something I'd normally listen mm. to yeah but I enjoyed it to be honest with you yeah. Um didn't really know what to expect going into it. Found like it kind of like nice and relaxing compared mm. to like what I normally listen to, especially. Uh, but then I like the way there's a few little kind of like fast paced ones kind of in there, mm. a little bit more upbeat and stuff like that. Don't know whether I'd listen to them again, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it's nice or that you can be honest with us. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. That's why we've got um, this panel, you know what I mean? There's, there's just yeah. a wide variety amongst us. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm glad I listened to it. I'd say probably say um, 30.6 or 30.06, however you say it. Hmm. Probably thought that's probably my favourite, to be quite honest with you. Okay, um, cool. Good little story in there and stuff like that. Hmm. But yeah, enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, thanks for your input. Thank you for offering it up. Yeah. <laughs> so glad, yeah. The uh, Carolina Confessions... Jay, what would you give that on the COVID scale, 0 to 19, 0 being terrible, 19 being top marks, top banana? So for Carolina Confessions by Marcus King Band, I'd mm-hmm. probably go with a COVID 17. COVID 17, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much near the, near the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Philip? Uh, oh, well, it's pretty obvious. COVID 19? Yeah, I'm going to give this a full... 19 okay because well that's that's purely because i think as i said earlier it's probably my favorite album of the last 10 years and a few albums can take that that top spot okay that's so that's a confirmed case of covid19 yeah yeah that's absolutely another one for the uk yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, you don't mind isolating that album for two weeks (laughs) 14 days Do you know what? I think I'm going to go with Phil on this and say that is a, that is a definite COVID-19. It's not something that I'd sort of stumble across, but there's other, there's other bands out there that I've seen that do similar things. Um, mm. Vintage Trouble, Nathaniel Rateliff, just, you know, it's the same type of genre, same type of big band, same type of funk. But no, Marcus King is something special and he's only going to get better. Like a good wine. Oh, 23 year old, he's going to be outstanding in 10 mm-hmm. years. He's going to be on another level. Yeah. On on the next level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, even just watching him, his improvising and everything, the way he was playing. Yeah. It, there's a good YouTube, just as an aside, there's a good YouTube video of him um, from a couple of months ago. Mm. And it's a live session. I can't remember, the, it's like a radio session. It's, yeah, it's like. It's so good. It's like. 45 minutes long something like that yeah, it's, it's like a full live set but the yeah, with, yeah. proper heavy section and they're all sweating yeah. by the end of it well I, I had that on one day in ours and I think my mum and dad came around before all the virus stuff kicked off and the, like not a word of a lie my ma turned around and went is this Phil is this Phil's band <laughs> no this this oh, is uh, <laughs> so and my dad went no that's that's Oceanus obviously my dad's a big Oceanus fan so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Oceanus being Phil's metal outfit. Yeah, which is different to me swimming outfit. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a pair of shorts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Easter is cancelled by the darkness. Jay, 
you want to go first? I'm going to give it a full COVID-19. Full COVID-19. Yeah. Confirmed case of COVID-19. Confirmed. I'm going to have to put that at high risk as well. Isolated for 12 weeks. Okay. Spot on, yeah. Phil, what would you say to the uh, Easter has cancelled? I'm going to give it a COVID-14. 14. 14. 14. I think it's a good it's a good number. It's like the equivalent of a, nearly a 6 out of 10, isn't it? Yeah. Well, average. Yeah. Of its weight. I mean, yeah. like, I, I like the darkness, but I think I think they have great songs, and then some of the songs are a bit like, oh, hit and miss that. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's like, there's definitely skippable tracks on that album. Yeah. Fair, fair. What about yourself, Mickey? To be, I'm going to be 100% honest with you here. So I haven't listened to the whole album yet. Um, okay. I've listened to the first, I think, four or five tracks, which is only like a third of the album. So... On what I've heard so far, this isn't the whole album. This this ranking could change. You know what I mean? Ask me. Mm-hmm. Ask me tomorrow. It might go up. It might go down. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go right in the middle, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with a COVID ten. COVID ten. Um, just just simply because of what I said before. At every opportunity, Justin he just screams into that big falsetto. And on the one hand, you could probably say, oh, you're okay, you know, he's he's just demonstrating his vocal range. But then on the other hand, you think, he's overdoing it a little bit there. Maybe on one yeah. track is fine. Fair. And then Brent Cobb? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do what you said and give it a full COVID-19. Nice. That's solid. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. Phil? I, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give this a 15. Okay. I, yeah, I think it's... I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I fully give it another listen. Yeah. I've got it on now, so clearly I, I will. Yeah, fantastic. With just one headphone or with two? I've got it on speakers, mate. Luckily, oh, fantastic. I've got a, a condenser that's directed on microphone, so... Oh, lovely. Well, you guys... Well, like show, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing I've got. That's so we can't That's so we can't hear your mum shouting you for your dinner, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sound? Well, um... Myself, I'd probably give it a COVID twelve. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Like it's not for me. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I, I will listen to it again with with headphones in. Mm. But well, yeah, probably I mean, COVID twelve. Twelve. You know, it's more than ten. It is. You know, it could have been worse. You could you could have been sat here doing a Miggy and giving it a ten. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. That was the three albums that we reviewed this week. That was the first episode of Tune That by myself, Jay, McGee and Phil. Um, Tune in next week or next month. We haven't quite decided yet for the next three albums that are going to change your world.